Go live. And we're back. Here we are. A little music to start the show. I don't know how people on Spotify feel about. Oh shit! I gotta send you the link for. All right, we've introed. And now that's gone. Okay, so I need to send you the Amazon AMP link. Or can you just hop in from the link I sent you the other day? How you did yesterday? I, I just don't even need a link, actually. All right, words. So we'll just hop yeah. in. That's beautiful. Hey, we had like eight people on Amazon AMP. Yes, yeah, yeah. No one, no, like only one person followed. They got to hit that follow button. That's I know. Cool, it's cool. Engagement. Pure I don't know how this shit works, but I like it. The theory. It's just we're just trying to put more ears onto the show. Yeah. But we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, today's show will primarily focus on the Brooklyn Nets trade deadline. Trade deadline of the NFL, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But no, here we are. And also Elon Musk bought Twitter and he's making it that you can pay to be verified. So I definitely will be paying for myself to be verified it's if it's so eight dollars. Dude, it's so gay. Oh, it's gay as fuck. Did you join? Enable call. Request in it. Oh wait, right. there we go. All right. Oh, uh, invite. Are you in? I, I invited you. Yeah, we're in. Alrighty, unmute yourself. We're back here with the NBA show, and no stay. Okay, so here we are. We got a few people already listening. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So here we are. We're gonna start off with some MAU Doga Thomas information, and it's definitely interesting as all hell. I want to hear before we go initial thoughts when you saw this because I saw first off that it was gonna be. There was two coaching options, Quinn Snyder and M.A. Udoka. And from the minute I saw that, I was like, they better get M.A. Udoka because I love Quinn Snyder, but Quinn Snyder is known for running a complex system, and it takes a year to install, typically. That's why a lot of guys, when they would play for the Jazz, everyone said their first season was usually a wash year. Jeez. So, yeah. Oh, there we go. So... I want to hear your thoughts and let's get right into it. They fired Steve Nash after parting ways going two and five. I guess Kevin Durant was saying the right or, you know, rhetoric. He was saying fire Nash before the season. Yudoka was 45. He was set to miss the Celtics entire season after violating team policies for fucking the chief financial officer's wife and getting caught on the ring cam doing so. He also fucked another staffer and supposedly he engaged in sexual misconduct in in ways that you're also muted on the amazon amp by the way and no i'm not okay you were for a second but he was besides that the main reason he was fired and they didn't want him back was he made first when he initially pursued the relationships he made crude comments they didn't say what comments but we assume that he's probably like that ass is so fat it's like the north star i just want to follow it's like adam levine yeah, like he was just he was saying supposedly before having relationships with some of the women, he made derogatory remarks in a workplace, which is not allowed. You can't go up to a coworker and be like, those tits be looking nice today, you know, like so that's and then after the relationship with the chief financial officer's wife, he made some crude remarks toward her towards her, basically telling her, I guess, go F herself and all this shit. After she went back to daddy. And now he is the new head coach of the 
Brooklyn Nets. And he was actually a guy who's brought up with the Sixers. He's a guy who's played every position as a pro when he was a player one through five, played for three colleges, was an assistant under Brett Brown, was an assistant under Greg Popovich. When he started, he was a key reason why LaMarcus Aldridge joined the Spurs. And he even was with the Nets for a year. And then he went over here and was replaced by Joe Mazzulla. Nash was 94 and 67 in two plus seasons. Nash, we agree the problem was in-game adjustments. He's going to go to coach rehab and just sit behind a bench for a few seasons and get a job in a few years. But decision to move on Nash comes amid months of turmoil in the organization, including yet another off-court controversy, including Kyrie Irving. We can go further into this, which we will. I just want to hear your thoughts. Let's get right into it. Dude, the Kyrie or people hating on Kyrie Irving is so embarrassing. Like, I, I just view I have such a strong opinion on that. I think it is so you better weigh your word. You better and weigh you, your I'm Jewish, so you better weigh. I, I, that's what I was gonna say. You're Jewish. I'm gonna say first off, you want to hear my take before you say uh, sure, just all, yeah, just to yeah. give you context. As a guy who's Jewish, but I, I'm not kosher, like I eat bacon, I'm not a good Jew by any means. If if the, a rabbi, I do stuff on the Sabbath. Okay, I, I break so many laws that like are looking out, but I'm still a Jew. I still believe in Judaism. Now, I don't think what Kyrie did was as bad as Kanye. Fuck Kanye and what he's doing right now. Kanye is fucking crazy. Okay, like where Kanye had a spreadsheet of all the Jewish people. You could do that with, with all the Christian people in the entertainment and all the businesses. You could do that with all the Muslims in the world that run shit. Like, yeah. That's just those are the three most popular religions mm-hmm. in the world. So. Uh, yeah. Shut really the fuck though. up. They are. I, then do it. Then then do the Liz. But I'm not. I don't care. I don't care. It's, yeah, it's yeah, religion. Yeah. It's whatever makes you happy. Okay. People like religion doesn't control shit, bro. Uh, but what I think Kyrie did was just idiotic. You're in a place you just can't promote. And it's not just anti-Semitism in that film. There's other controversial stuff about East Africans and shit. That's like, like not like like it's not. Not uh, fat checked or it's old like theories. That's why it's it's very explosive rhetoric that could lead to discourse in a nation that's already experienced discourse. That's why. And the other thing is you just don't talk about Jews once. And also it's like when Connie Connie tried comparing the Holocaust to the amount of black black babies that are aborted every year. Well, Kanye is not my problem neither are my problem kanye west is obviously a little crazy i mean he always was how you can't be that artistically that's what i would without being a little crazy i would i'm saying is what Kyrie did wasn't as bad as kanye it's not he should be canceled what did Kyrie do i don't even he promoted he okay let's let's promoted a film that was oh so no he didn't okay so he shared on his social media a film that's on Amazon Prime. So part of this should be on Amazon. I don't know if it's still on Amazon Prime. That he saw on Amazon Prime called mm. Hebrews to Negro, I think, right? Or Hebrews to Black, something like that. It's a very explosive title, Hebrews to – yeah, Hebrews to Negro, the film. And it is a very – and he – by sharing it on his social media, it's considered a type of promotion. And by – you just – and the film is a very explosive. It's basically talking about the true identity of the children of Israel. And because there's this whole like belief, like, let's just be real. All the people in the Bible were probably brown people. Let's just like agree. And it just, it just goes back to like, there's this whole thing, movement of people who are claiming to be the original Jews. 
and just like it's just a lot deeper i haven't seen the film i'm trying to find more on it i'm not going to watch the film because i don't care for it but it's just after what 20 million jews were persecuted you just it's like you just don't talk about you don't anti-semitism that's just not something you do in today's society i i've never seen the movie so i can't comment on the movie i've never met Kyrie. i can't really even comment on Kyrie. I just think it was idiotic on his part. I have nothing against Kyrie. I just apologize if it's like that, like if people are that butthurt, just apologize, you know? I don't like, I don't think an apology is necessary as far as I don't know what the whole concept is. Or an explanation. Is. Or an explanation. Give me an explanation. I, just I don't I don't need an explanation either. It's his life. That's you're right, just you're right. Who Kyrie is. I I mean yeah. Just don't go like, Kanye. Just don't go Kanye. Team, from a team standpoint. Is that ideal in no way, shape, or form? Is that no. ideal? Or as far as what I'm hearing from you, that doesn't sound ideal at all for any party, actually, in like any party actually involved. But like they're they're trying to, I don't know, I, I don't know enough about it. But like you know, there's I saw a tweet from a Brooklyn Nets owner or a Brooklyn Nets ticket season ticket holder saying like this is ridiculous there needs to be repercussions myself along with a lot of other people will be getting rid of my season tickets i'm sitting here reading like i don't care like get rid of your season tickets cool like that works for me but steve nash had to get fired dude like it, it's not like kyrie irving and whatever he's tweeting out is the let's reason move on to that that's why that's why? what i'm saying is that that's not the reasoning for their dysfunctionality on both sides. Part of it the worst statistical part... defense in the NBA. Do you They're think the it's part of it though defense. that he couldn't that Steve Nash couldn't control the egos on the team? Do you think that's part of it though? I don't know. I'm sure it's a little bit of everything because I don't know at the same time how much Steve Nash can I don't know. I'm not sure how much control he even had, right? But that's have part of the reason why Udoka was hired is he's known as a guy who can manage personalities mm -hmm. really well and that's why he just got in here so i don't, I don't we'll, we'll talk about it more so continue what with your reasoning and then i'll come with mine sorry i just cutting you off. they're a pretty sorry team right now they can't play defense like i they beat the pacers last night by like a slim margin when you're playing a team like indiana as as fun and electric as their offense is, Brooklyn on paper should be and is one of the best teams in the NBA. Like, I get Ben Simmons wasn't playing, but you have Kyrie, you have KD, you have two generational talents on your basketball team as far as offensive offense goes. So, I mean, this was something that needed to be done. I don't think that any noise from outside of the court has any role on the Brooklyn Nets dysfunctionality right now. I still think that they'll be perfectly fine. I think Steve Nash had to get fired at some point in the season. I don't know about you, but I'm shocked it came on November 1st. I'm like shocked it came this fast. But well, don't be I surprised like if Doc Rivers is next. I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. Like Doc Rivers probably is next unless they keep getting some wins, but we'll we'll wait and see. And as far as hiring Ma Adoka, I don't. A lot of the stuff you just said was news to me. When did he get fired? Because as far as I was concerned, wasn't he? So you want me to like give you the whole rundown? But like, do you remember we were like he wasn't fired? They were like so, suspending okay. him for a year. So like, let me get, let me let me, let me let me read you everything that came out today. So this is all that came out. Celtics were unlikely to reinstate M.A. Udoka as head coach in 2023. 
Adrian Warshinowski said, Yuroko was found to use crude language in his language with dialogue with female subordinate before a start of an improper workplace relationship. The prior dynamic associated with Jodic's relationship was the primary find, finding and policy violation cited in the law firm's report and was completed earlier this week. The Celtics have now came out and said they are fully invested in Joe Missoula. Yudoka is set to be hired as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. There was also other teams interested in M.A. Udoka, but yes, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe said that the Boston Celtics are fully invested in Joe Missoula and pleased with how he's leading the team. Missoula was elevated to interim head coach following the suspension. Missoula has been with the team for multiple years, and with that being said, it's expected that he'll be promoted to full-time head coach and given a contract extension. So he got fired today? Basically, well, he didn't get fired. He was allowed to leave his contract with the Boston Celtics for no compensation. So Yudoka was heading into his second season at the helm. And arguably, you know what happened. Nash was a Hall of Fame point guard who was trying to pull Steve Kerr, Ty Lu, and hop right into the coaching ranks. He led to Brooklyn to the Eastern Conference semifinals in his first year. And during the offseason, Kevin Durant put that ultimatum out. And Joe Sy stood by his front office and coaching staff and Durant eventually move agreed to keep you know to test it out and the reason this happened now according to Alex Sheffer Schaefer of a Brooklyn Nets beat writer for the athletic is that the net season is far from over and a change was needed to get it needed to be done to get going in the right direction and Steve Nash was not getting it done and the title window is rapidly closing the Brooklyn Nets could not waste time mm-hmm. and one thing that we could point out with Steve Nash's faults was Nash decision to take the job was interesting because he was a guy when he was with the Warriors he was commuting from Manhattan Beach to Bay Area a few times a month while doing soccer commentating and videos for Bleacher Report very you know comfy gig he had and then in you know the third game of his season in 2020 the 21 Spencer Diddy tears his ACL and this was a team that still was able to go to the semifinals. But one thing people don't realize is Steve Nash's best season was his first season. You know why? Guess what his bet? Guess the three names on his bench. Mike D'Antoni. Mike oh, oh, as far as coaching. Coaches, sorry, sorry. Wow. I shut up. Okay. Mike D'Antoni, M.A. Udoka, and Brian Keefe were all wow. his lead assistants on Steve Nash. And they all left after the first season. And they've wow. never been able to get that success again. I'm not saying that. There was problems with, you know, Steve Nash as a coach, but he was the type of coach that because he was so young, he needed veteran coaches around him. And ever since that first season, Steve Nash never had vets around him like a Mike D'Antoni who could run the offense. M.A. Udoka, who keep the personalities in check and do the defense stuff. And then Brian Keefe, who Brian Keefe, he's been he's still with the Nets, but he's been with the Thunder, the Lakers, the Knicks, Thunder again. He started out with the Spurs. Okay, and so when you have guys like that, they he was able to delegate the responsibilities of that coaching staff. Now, the only guy who remained from that group was Brian Keefe. And it seems like Mike D'Antoni and M.A. Udoka had big pull. So for me, I think that's one of the big catalysts, because now the assistant coach were Adam Caphorn, Ryan Foran Kelly, Trevor Henry, Royal Ivy. Ryan Keefe and Igor Kokoskov, who's good, Diego Splitter and Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn's, the, I guess, going to be the interim head coach of the Brooklyn Nets until M.A. Udoka fully takes over. And it's interesting to think because M.A. Udoka was suspended by the Boston Celtics, not by the league. Mm-hmm. 
which is the interesting part about all of this. So what are your expectations now? I think the first thing order of business is fixing the defense. And the second thing is figuring out what the fuck to do with Ben Simmons. Yeah, I think, I think that I'm, I think the Emmy Yudoka situation, I mean, we still, I guess we like know a little bit more now. I still don't really know why, like sexual misconduct, but the league didn't have an issue with that. He broke, he broke team policies. There's no rhetoric written in, there's no verbal language or written language in the NBA's policy handbook that says that you can't commit adultery with your, one of your boss's wives. Basically. And the, but the other thing is, is that all that type of stuff is handled by the team's code of conduct or the team's policies. So that is delegated to the team. It's like, think about this. Remember who was it? Mm. What was his face? I'm trying to think of the coach who got, who cheated on his wife. Coaches cheated on wife NBA. There's a coach in recent years that was caught cheating on the on their wife. Wow. I forget who it was, but there's a so if someone remembers when they watch this clip, tell me down below. I forget what coach there was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There was a coach that got caught cheating on his wife, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a whole thing. Either way, it yeah. just go. So, yeah, either way, I mean, I don't know the M.A. Yudoka situation. I'm, like, it, it appears – I thought that – He broke team rules. Coaching, huh? I never thought he'd get a coaching job ever again, a head coaching job in the NBA ever again. I was wrong, and I'm glad I'm wrong because Emmy Yudoka is a phenomenal head coach. I wanted him so desperately for the Chicago Bulls. But, like, Billy Donovan's he, great. He turned – but he is a guy – I like Billy Donovan a lot. Ime Yudoka, as opposed to a guy like Steve Nash who's way too – he seems to, you know, more of – he doesn't really seem like a vocal, aggressive coach. He seems more like Steven Silas to me where he's just more collected. He's going to let everybody do what they got to do, and then they'll take a look at it afterwards. I think Ime Udoka is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Defensively, what he was able to do with Boston Celtics was such a simple scheme, a simple man-to-man scheme with help in the paint. Rebounding. Rebounding, just the personnel they had on their roster, like – Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to be fine. They're going to be absolutely fine. There's going to be somebody who can figure out how to put Ben Simmons with KD and Kyrie. It, you know, M.A. Udoka, I think, like, obviously, Simmons and Classic can't play together. They'll have to figure something out about that. Is Claxton better suited for the bench? Ben Simmons looks like a shell of himself. Like, there's a bunch of issues going on. The good news is they have a whole season to figure this out. And this was a really good, smart move to me by Brooklyn as far as, like, going from – controversy to controversy like who the hell cares this is basketball like it's all good to me I think that Boston is going to have a crazy second half turnaround exactly like the Boston Celtics last season they'll probably make some moves as well I mean they have the right guy to do it so first off M.A. Udoka did a wonderful job in his only campaign as the Boston head coach, the former Nets assistant. Obviously, you guys know he was suspended for the entire season for a violation of team policies. Now, the nature of his exile is much clearer. The Nets will stop at nothing to fix this team. And no matter how messy it might get for them in the PR section of this. They should, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is Kyrie's playing the best basketball because we said I said this before and you agreed with me. 
that it's in best best it's in Kyrie's best interest to have the best season of his life because this is the last long-term contract he can get max money. Now, it is a true shame that the Nets thought so lowly of Jacques Vaughn, my KU alumni. To give him a real chance to coach, I personally think he's the former coach time, of the Orlando dude. Magic. I know they don't they have, have time. time. They don't all have time, but I think he you deserves have two it. Whole, you he have deserves three it. Hall of Famers on your basketball team, and you don't but make the NBA wait, Finals. Look, he last held the. I have three. He, I have three Hall of Fame guys on my basketball. Well, shut roster. the fuck up. He held in two the years job. And you don't make an NBA Finals. Should have been bubble. fired last season. Jacquelin's fine. Fired the second they didn't get past the first round. They got swept. By the Boston freaking Celtics. And they okay. Made no adjustments. Steve okay. Nash is not a guy I'm willing to put my body, my life on the line for, but M.A. Udoka is. Brooklyn's just fine. Sorry, Vaughn, whatever his first name is. I'm sure he's a great guy and a solid coach, but, like, they like they got to act now. You got two Hall of Famers on your team. You got – I mean, I think Ben Simmons will be a Hall of Famer, but I know that's not a nice take right now. I mean, they got to yeah, out right now. now. There's no time to waste. All right, so let's let's continue with this. Again, we don't fully know the details and reasons why Yudoka was suspended besides what they've told us. Now the Nets are proactively choosing to bring him in. And the obvious PR aspect of this, this is a bad look for the organization with even Kyrie going on, but the Nets seem to be on the verge of undercutting the punishment of the Celtics felt was appropriate for Yudoka by hiring him about a month into his suspension. This is an organization that empowered Kyrie Irving last season by bringing him back to play only road games after initially benching him for refusing to adhere to the New York City Vaccine vaccine mandate. And this let Irene go on with no consequences as he posted conspiracy theories and disinformation on social media recently linking a movie widely seen as anti-Semitic. Now, this is all stuff that is going through. It's a PR nightmare. This is not basketball, so we're not really going to dive into it. We already talked more than what we should have. Now, Yudoka, as we previously mentioned, served under Nash in 2020-21. And He's another Spurs Mafia guy. He was the runner up to Kenny Atkinson in Sean Mark's first coaching search. And he was also the Team USA staff member in the 2020 Olympics. And that's how he became so close with Kevin Durant. And if you're Steve Nash, you probably freaking pissed because, you know, he split his time between advising the Dynasty Warriors in Northern California and then living on the beaches of South Ca- Southern California. And now he just got his reputation torn apart in one season. It was an absolute mess. But I think what we're seeing right here, Nash probably goes back to his private life or rides the bench, and the Nets need a change. And this was the change that you're right. They needed it. We, If there was any coach that, that was available that could do it, it was M.A. Udoka. We saw it happen. And Kyrie's playing well. Kevin Durant is playing. They got Kevin Durant and Kyrie, probably one of the 20 best players in the world. And then they got a guy in still not full form shaking off the rust, a guy who's barely played in two years, played five games in the last two years, Ben Simmons. And Nash, at his faults, as a head coach, seems to be another example of on-the-court brilliance that doesn't magically translate to the sidelines. And this internal shakeup, you know, might be best. I just think right now the players only meeting after losing to an 11-man rebuilding Pacers team was a sign because this contention window is closing, like Sean Mark said. And they had to rip off the Band-Aid and go into this. So was that – and the question I want to ask you – was Nash doomed to start the season because of the ultimatum? Was Steve Nash set up for failure to begin the season regardless because of the Kevin Durant ultimatum? And then I'll continue going on my my tandem. Yeah, he shouldn't have even been the coach. Like, he literally just shouldn't have even come back as a coach. The GM should have been fired also, but – I don't know. Sean Marks is not okay. He, 
He did the moves that he saved his ass. I don't get how you got Harden. I don't care how many games they play together. I don't care. I don't know how you don't make the NBA Finals. It's crazy. But Milwaukee was a good team. I think Steve Nash is not a guy I would listen to if I'm a guy like KD. If I if if I don't respect him, Ime is a guy who commands respect. Like, he commands respect. So, and you know what takes care of the Brooklyn SPR, blah, 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 blah. You know what takes care of everything? Winning. Yeah. So, if the Brooklyn Nets win the NBA Finals this year, no one will give a single damn about any of this stuff. So, I don't know, man. I You know my thoughts on Steve Nash. I ranted about Steve Nash being the head coach again all offseason. I don't think it should have even been a question, but – I'm glad they did it this early. I'm very surprised they did it this early, but I'm very, very glad. So what I want to talk about is the fact that let's talk about what he went through so far this season. What was he dealing with? And the thing is, is this was a team that. Hmm. Okay. So Nick Claxton, for how great he's been offensively, he's been terrible defensively. Joe Harris does not look like himself. Seth Curry's coming back from injury. TJ Warren isn't even back. Oh, and Ben Simmons is a shell of himself. And right now, this is an ill-constructed roster, and they have their own shortcomings. Now, I think the Durant ultimatum, looking back, you just said it. The only way for Steve Nash to keep his job was – to win and with win a lot and the nets simply have not done that the team has looked pretty blah and like a lesser sum of its talented parts and the thing is is durant's at an mvp level you got yourself kyrie playing well. point per game scorers on their team and they got a handful of wins and that's what i'm saying the winning can solve a lot and the nets didn't do enough of that to help suppress any lingering wounds from this past offseason the defense has been absolutely dreadful and it seems like steve nash's voice was just he lost the locker room and nash Wanted the offense to look like the Phoenix Suns teams that he played on, but the Nets wanted to go ISO heavy far too often, especially in the fourth quarter. And that idea was, as a Hall of Fame player, Nash would have the resumes to hold the star players accountable and get them to listen. It didn't work. Ultimatum or not, that's the essence of any job as a head coach. And obviously, I'll admit the ultimatum didn't help. And I think the bigger question is, how safe is Sean Marks? I think Sean Marks is safer than Nash. Josiah didn't entirely blend Ben to Kevin Durant's demands or to Irving's pressure this offseason. So good for him. But firing Marks would set a terrible precedent. And I think he's fairly safe. And you have to understand he is listed as the alternate governor for the Nets. How many general managers get that title? Sean Marks turned this team from a dumpster fire into a respectable franchise without any draft assets. He may be tasked to be doing that very soon again because Durant might ask out after the season. Kyrie might just walk. So whether replacing a head coach or replacing a general manager, which is harder, they're both hard. But given Sean Marks' resume, I think he keeps his job for now and he's the right person to steward this organization as as the man in charge. And he's the guy who put together this whole era of the Nets. If he goes anywhere, it would just mean that they're blowing up everything. So how do you fix this season? Do you make trades? They have on Tuesday the Bulls, which is tonight, then back-to-back against the Wizards and Hornets. This could be a path to 500. But right now, what do you do with this team? Because if they blow up the team, the assets coming back would set up the Nets to quickly restart. But regardless, they should be able to 
I think maybe fix this. I, what what would you do? Because how do you salvage a 34 year old Durant on a long term extension with two more seasons after this one for a combined 77 million dollars? Joe Harris has to be minding his own business because he's got nearly 20 million dollars for the next two seasons, and then Kyrie Flat Earth guy is could be on the way out. So what do you do right now, Jackson? And then we'll move off from this topic. Well, I don't do anything quite yet except for implement Ime Udoka's defensive scheme because I don't think you can properly evaluate a team until at least 20 games in. So if things aren't looking on the up and up by 20 games, whenever that is, by I'd, let's say end of the month, end of November after Thanksgiving, if if it's clear Brooklyn needs a change, they'll make a change or, you know, they're going to do something regardless, I think. Like we saw with Boston last year, like they had a really solid team, one of the best starting fives in the NBA. But, you know, they still made two huge acquisitions. And, and Derek White at the time was a huge move. It didn't really necessarily pan out as, as good as I thought it would. Daniel Tice was a huge addition to him as well. Like you just have defensive minded players. So I'm, I'm implementing defense number one priority because you have two 30 point per game scores. Yeah. But you're also the 30th ranked defense in the NBA. So uh, Brooklyn knows Brooklyn knows they need to win and they need to win right now, because if you don't, like I said earlier, the, the only reason Kevin Durant is in a Brooklyn Nets Jersey is because of Kyrie Irving. So I think this is probably the last season this happens unless they win the NBA finals. I really think it is because to me, Kyrie is such a wild card where if they don't win the NBA finals, if they don't even make the NBA finals, uh, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets have really treated me that well. So I'm leaving. And when he leaves, Kevin Durant's going to demand a trade. And then it becomes Ben Simmons team, which isn't even that bad. That's, that's not even that bad. So they're going to have to figure something out with Ben because like, He's like some of these fouls. He's he's fouled out of like what two games already. I mean, he they're terrible fouls. It's horrible fouls. His defense has sucked. It's been inconsistent. His offense is nowhere to be seen. He'd rather pass it than throw down a slam dunk. So I think Ime Udoka just needs to get this team right. Start setting good habits. Start playing good defense, and the wins will come because you have two thirty point per game scorers. You just need to get the defense going. So, hey. TP, you're the fucking man. Thanks, I literally man. dropped that comment. Yeah, thank you for everyone. We've peaked. I think we're all, we hit like 19 at one point. So shout out to everyone who's watching. But let's continue with some more of this talk before we wrap it up. So for you right now, they have the third worst net rating in the entire league. But there are some mitigating factors. They've had a really tough schedule. That's something that people have not considered. They faced so far and continue well over the first 20 games. According to NBA.com, they have the third toughest strength of schedule. Five of their seven games entering Tuesday have been against teams that could conceivably make a conference finals. Ben Simmons is coming off of mental health and actual surgery. Okay. So there's culminating factors here that I think the Nets, though, it just might be a feature with this particular team rather than a bug. This next five game stretch should be easy. And if they win five games straight, I think could be good. And I, hey, I know Jock Vaughn. Because we don't know how many games they'll give Jock Vaughn for. I'm going to say maybe they gave him this five-game stretch. And then Yudoka comes in because I think they're on the road for these five. But with that being said, if Jacques Vaughn gets this team winning five, Jacques Vaughn's basically 
interviewing himself or I guess getting a test run for any teams that are looking to fire the coach after this season yeah. to see if Jacques Vaughn, hey, if he does good in this five games, win those five games, MA Udoka takes a team that's now seven and five. Oh, crap. Okay. Okay. And I know that's asking for a lot, but I'm starting to think even if he salvaged this season, you have Kyrie entering free agency. And I don't know what you would need to consider what is required to save this season. But Kyrie, people don't realize if you leave him in amical terms that he feels in good terms, he could pull up Chris Paul and be like, hey, guys, I want to do by, do right with you guys. Please, I, I want to leave, but I don't want to screw you guys over. So let's, let's do a sign-in trade. Let me go to this team, and you guys sign and trade me. And it works out for all party. You get some assets back, so you guys can stay in contention. I leave my friend Kevin Durant with some pieces and Ben Simmons, and then I go on to my new team. I don't – everyone, it's amicable. And hopefully that's what ends up happening. So, I mean, yeah, sign and trade to me seems most likely unless they win it all. Katie's good as gone. I don't think there's actually any way, shape, or form he stays if Kyrie's gone. So – I mean, KD wants to win. <laughs> I agree. So. I agree. KD, I mean, he's already won twice. Right, twice. Yeah. So let's move on to another guy that you and I are a very big fan of. And it's been all but confirmed that he is leaving the said team because if you're – so the current NBA contracts are kind of iffy. If that – if you're not a top player on a team, if you're, like, not an all-star, but you're, like, the second guy and the reason you haven't been an all-star is there's, like, a few players in front of you, you can only get – I think it's, like – a hundred percent raise or a two hundred percent raise of your current salary. So if you're making nine million, you could only get extended for eighteen million. This is all hypothetical numbers. There's probably like something I'm missing, but that's the idea. So if you're not a NBA team member, an all star, or anything like that, you will not be able to get a max contract offer from your team as an extension due to the fact that the team can only offer you a hundred percent increase of your current deal. So if you're only making 9 million and you haven't hit any of the qualifiers to qualify for a bigger deal, that team can only extend you for a hundred percent increase of your current deal. Meaning that this player, Jakob Pertle can only get offered about 14 million, $15 million by the San Antonio Spurs. So Jakob Pertle can sign an extension with San Antonio Spurs, but the two sides are limited on the number that can be agreed upon at this point due to his current contract that pays $9.4 million. The two sides have reportedly discussed an extension, but Jakob Pertle believes he could do better on the open market this offseason when his contract expires. Brian Windahorse of ESPN said Jakob Pertle is in the final year of his deal. From what I'm told, the Spurs discussed a contract extension with him, but he's limited to by how much he can sign for. It's the same reason they traded DeJounte Murray. They did such a good job on the contract that it's almost worked against you because when you want to sign a player, the player wants more than you can give him because you're limited on how much of a raise you can give an extension. I believe Pirtle can sign an extension that it can average for $14 million per year. That's pretty good money for him, but he thinks he could do better, and I don't blame him. The way he's playing, he probably can. Maybe the Spurs get to the offseason and re-sign him unrestricted, but however, he's headed to free agency. He can reverse course and take the extension offer. I don't know what they have offered. I know the max offer is $14.5 million, $15 million on average. He's a trade candidate, end quote. Brian Windowhorse. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean he's he's probably gone. That puts San Antonio in a tough, tough pickle because I like Zach Collins. He's been playing really well. But I don't think Collins or Roby have, have given me enough to 
I don't think they're looking for long-term keys. I, like, I think they've got their – it actually kind of looks like they have their guy in Keldon Johnson. He he really looks like he he's taken their – the franchise cornerstone. He's, like, running away with it right now. So, I mean, Jakob Pertl, I've been watching a ton of Spurs games this season. I've been making a ton of Spurs videos. Uh, I think there's a legitimate argument that he's a top-five center in the league just because of his defensive capabilities. I mean, two nights ago, he – Rudy Gobert, or sorry, Carl Anthony Towns had a really good first quarter. After that, he was shut down. So it was Rudy Gobert. So I think long term, like it, it doesn't make too much sense for San Antonio to keep him, even if he. I know Pirtle has ex, like he's I quote unquote evaluating his future with the San Antonio Spurs right now, but I think the money is going to get in the way and be a problem. So I, I don't think he stays. Unfortunately, I think that they probably trade him away around the trade deadline, but. I don't know if they're looking at next year's draft to find a replacement or free agency. I'm not quite sure what, what they plan on doing. I mean, Aiden would have been really nice for this team. but So according to John Ollinger's stats for qualified centers this far in the season, through his top 20 centers in this order by PER is Nikolai Jokic is the best center in the NBA currently. Number two, guess who's the second best center? Jonas yeah. Valanciunas. Well, Number four, I mean, number three, and we're going to only do guys who are playing at, like at least, I think, 16 or 17 minutes a night. Number because Nas Reed would be technically three, but he's playing 10 minutes a night, so that doesn't count. Number three is Joel Embiid. Number four, Nick Richards. Number five, Alperin Shagoon. Number six, Bol Bol. Number seven, Christoph Porzingis. Number eight, Andre Drummond. Skip Ro Robin Lopez because he's barely playing so right here at nine i believe it is is our man Jakob Pertl, followed up by brooke lopez at 10 and then 11 you get yourself to christian wood 12 rudy gobert 13 walker kessler 14 nikola vucevic 14 jock landell and then 15 beef stew isaiah stewart so isn't that a crazy list? The ninth best center right now, arguably, is Jakob Pertl. And when you look at the teams, what team could take Jakob Pertl? you got to think of a team that could be interested. I was initially going to say the Charlotte Hornets, but Nick Richards and the Mason Plumlee duo, why would you give that up right now? I, I think it just ruined the chemistry that they got going there. But a team, I mean, if Brooke Lopez were to get hurt, I could see the Bucks being the first team to call up and being like, hey, 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 come on. Come on, you know, uh, I think the team that people aren't expecting is the Los Angeles Clippers, but they play small ball. So like I like Zubak, but I was just thinking about whenever Zubak comes off the floor, you know, that might not work. It could even be maybe mm, I just what what team do you see him going to? I just I want to what if they can convince, you know, the Suns be like, send us DeAndre Aiden. We'll send you Jakob Pertl. I feel like I'm getting the, the short end of the straw, but you throw a few think, picks. You throw a few picks, obviously. I think Two, Toronto's a sleeper. Bring him back. Bring him back. The return of I mean, Pertl. They, they, they have the assets for it. So right now I'm I'm thinking this. Like, look, I would I would definitely 
Mm, they have the assets, but Christian Coloku's worked out so far well. Yeah, he enough. looked great last night. And let's be honest, there could be a shot that if they trade Pirtle, the Spurs are going, you want Pirtle? We want Coloku. We want we, we need someone to replace him. Ooh. You know Blazers what I mean? would be really cool. Ooh, the Blazers are sleeper. Mike Posner, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yosef Nurkic, but they – Yosef Nurkic and Pirtle would be a great rotation. I'm just thinking in my head – I mean, uh, the – I've or we've talked about this before. We don't think the Lakers' problem is big guys, so I don't think he should go well, there. Uh, yeah, I've kind of shifted away from that because street don't clothes need... hasn't been able to stay off the street clothes. So if, if that Los continues, Angeles, yeah, I actually I don't see a reason why it won't. And also, but you add, go Miles Turner then because you get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, unless you're doing Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. Then yeah, I, would I mean, do that to Miles you. Turner just hasn't. He hasn't played over 50 games in a couple of years. So Pirtle, Richardson, and McDermott's the best deal on the table. I think I think it, the Lakers should look into it heavily, man. I, I, Richardson's a dog. McDermott is a great three-point shooter. McDermott. They desperately need. I, I just think, like, I don't think Damian – McDermott's playing well, too. People are. Yeah, I, I don't think Damian Jones or Thomas Brown – I don't think they're ready – Say Anthony Davis goes down for three to four weeks. They're they're f, dude. They're f. I don't feel good about either of those guys being my starting and bench for a month. But if I so listen to this, the reason why I think the DeAndre Aiden is more plausible is I go, okay, I get DeAndre Aiden on what a four or five year deal, and my team's playing really well now, so we don't even need to rebuild. If I send you Pirtle and one or two first round picks, which seems more than enough, nothing else there. Maybe I tag Josh Richardson in that deal to make the salaries work. I get myself DeAndre Aiden. Now I have a core of Devin Vassell, DeAndre Aiden, and Kelvin Johnson for the next three years. Yeah, that works. I just. I think that's the best deal on there on the table for them. Does Phoenix want Jakob Pertl? Would would Pertl be open to expressing interest in re-signing with Phoenix once that's done? Because this is looking like, unfortunately, the last year of Chris Paul being Chris Paul. I think but that's that's you why got you look. You got Bridges. You got Cam. You would call up Jakob Pertl's. This is how you get a get around tampering. You call up Jakob if you're the Phoenix Suns general manager James Jones. You call up. Jakob Pertl's agent be like we're looking to trade DeAndre Aiden for Jakob Pertl and some picks if Pertl comes to the Suns can we get a verbal agreement between agent and general manager that if everything works out regardless if we win or not would Pertl resign with the Phoenix Suns for at least two years if he says yes and then names his price and the price is reasonable I would not be surprised. But at the same time, if they can make a deal where they get themselves Jakob Pertle and the two first-round picks and they don't care about Jakob Pertle walking, and they're like, we're fine with Jock Landell, Dario Saric, and Bismack Biombo, that could also be it. For you know, And maybe we'll draft a guy too, okay? Because maybe they do this trade just to move off from the salary, get Pertle for the rental, and get the two picks to maybe draft their future center and then go by committee once Pertle leaves in free agency. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of teams, a bunch of teams are going to be calling for him. How many pick? You know what I mean? How losing one player after winning a championship? How much is that? You know what I think would be really cool is Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if they're willing to get rid of Claxton that easily though, because Sharp doesn't look ready. Do they feel confident and comfortable about Ben Simmons being a five if need be? The thing is, is the Nets would be the team to trade for Miles Turner. The Nets need Miles Turner. They need Nets, to trade. Yeah, Nick. Miles Turner also works. 
Yeah, because they I would rather if I'm the Nets in this scenario, I think it's more beneficial for the Suns to get Pirtle for Aiden and then the the Nets to call up and be like, We'll send you Claxton and Sharp for Miles Turner. You send us Miles Turner. Now we got now we can play Ben Simmons and Miles Turner on the floor at the same time because the only guy who's not spacing the floor is Ben Simmons. The problem with Ben Simmons, Sharp, and Claxton is it's terrible playing on the floor because you got two guys just standing there. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Nets, I'll take either. <laughs> Definitely. I don't – they don't – do they even have a first to work with? It's all in Houston, so I don't even know if they I, – I, I don't know if they have the assets. That's why I'm thinking Claxton is a big – Well, he just would, got extended and he's 23 or 24 now. Yeah, wouldn't it be – I would do something like Cam Thomas. Like the guys Cam that Thomas I – Cam Thomas and Claxton – Cam and Thomas, Joe Harris, if they take him, but I, I, I view Joe Harris as a negative. Well, asset, I was about so. to say maybe we do a package of I hate to get rid of the young guys, but not all these guys would have to be included. But a package of Cam Thomas, Claxton, Sharp, and Kessler Edwards, and Joe Harris, just however, whatever way you want to put that package together, and then Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Yeah, I mean that works for me. And okay, oh. you want to hear which picks the Nets the the Nets have? So the yeah. Nets own their 2023 first rounder, but I believe Ooh. they cannot they can't trade that one. Oh. They can't trade their 2026. So the first pick I believe they can trade is in 2029. That's the only pick they can trade is 2029. So mm. yeah, it's not very enticing to me. And I also I think Houston has Brooklyn's pick this year. Yeah, but they have a bunch of second rounders. So what if I offer you the 2029 first round pick? Second round 2029, second rounder 2028, a second rounder 2026, and a yeah, that's it. And then I give you Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, Claxton, and Joe Harris for Buddy. Oh, that's just such a big deal. I don't want to give you all that. So I take off Kessler Edwards, I throw you Cam Thomas and Claxton and Harris for three, three sec, three, three second rounders, one first rounder. Two young I don't guys. Want another three-point shooter that doesn't play. Shout out to all twenty people watching. Contract. Hey, oh, yeah. but hit that like. And I don't subscribe think. It, I don't think. Worry. I think that's a little too complex for me. I don't know. If, I think if you're Indiana, you're going to need all those young kids. If I'm not getting a, a valuable first-round pick, but at the same time, I guess a Brooklyn 2029 first also entices me, just like the Lakers 2029 pick entices me. So I just when you look at this. So I just personally think the best place for Pirtle, you got to find a place where you either can trade the starting big man for him or you can – they don't have a starting big man. But I think the Charlotte Hornets are doing so well with Plumlee and Richards, they're not interested. You got – I don't I don't think they would do another deal with the Hawks, but maybe they'd be like – the Hawks are like, let's get rid of Clint Capella early and let's run Pirtle and Nuneka, and we're fine with Pirtle walking because Nuneka will take over next season mm -hmm. and we'll get yeah. some assets – from or maybe not even assets we just free up cap space to go get a big fish next year and not big fish but it's someone that's worth it and i i think that's something you could look at i really like yosef nurkic and yaka Pirtle together i'm trying to think of other teams that that could come in here and that they need a big i think first team to suffer an injury to their big man will lead to them trading for Jakob Pearl because if Brooke Lopez goes down, for example, he could be a guy that maybe entices teams. Yeah. Okay. What if Rudy Gobert goes down? Or what if Jonas Valanciunas goes down? What if Joel Embiid goes down? What if Christoph Porzingis goes down? What if Andre Drummond goes down? 
Okay, or Vooch goes down. I'd take him on the Bulls. That's what I'm saying. What if the Mitchell Robinson goes down? There's all these these starters that I believe if they went down with a season long injury, Stephen Adams, another example, Jared Allen. You could see a team try to get the assets just to have this guy as a rental. So when they get the guy next year that they have locked up long term, this guy will go in free agency and they they didn't skip a beat. Also, shout out Goga. He is right now ranked as the 30th best center in the NBA. Not very good, but it's a top thirty. The list is out of fifty. Thirty teams in the league. But what do you? I like Goga. Yeah, I think it. I think it was definitely very interesting. Also, I'm very proud of today's show. We did good. But I'm done with Pearl. You're done. I'm done. I'm done with Pearl right now. Oh, oh, this. I thought you meant the game. (laughs) No. All right, so let's move on to a topic that I actually wanted to talk about, and some might find this a bit boring, but I think it's uh, it's actually a very, very interesting subject due to the fact that it has something to do with everyone because you guys like watching NBA games. I like watching NBA games. So let's talk about the streaming war. There is a streaming war about to happen in the NBA, and – it's pretty wild what is going on. I told you how annoying. I saw your responded tweet. I told you how annoying it is that the league blacks out TNT and ESPN games on League Pass. So annoying. I know, so annoying. So I can't, I can't watch a Bulls game right now either. So right here we got ourselves. The NBA is preparing to sell the rights to stream games with a bidding starting at one billion dollars. All right, the NBA package is right now $24 billion with the current deal they signed in 2014 with ESPN, TNT, and various regional sport networks showing local games, RSNs. Those RSNs are the reasons teams like the Indianapolis, not Indianapolis, Indiana Pacers, and the Denver Nuggets are never able to show their games. That's why the MLS, the NBA, the NHL – oh, not take out the MLS. NHL, the MLB, and the NBA are teaming up together – and buying out all the regional sport networks from being able to show their games. But the NBA is preparing to sell a package of streaming only games, which is a, which is a tier three media deal. So a media deal is technically got multiple tiers and like the current big 12 media deal that signed is giving teams about a $30 million a year, but with third tier media rights that goes up to 50 million. So this is a package that is expected to attract major streaming companies like Amazon and Apple because it will give them the ability to host NBA League Pass, which is what they're probably most interested in. And one source says Amazon would like an NBA package along with the NFL. Amazon is locked and loaded for a shot at the NBA. The NBA could sell a streaming package of 20 to 40 games during a 19-week regular season. And the NBA set to come off its nine-year $94 billion deal with Disney and Turner that pays $2.6 billion with an additional $1 billion in streaming. The league could get close to a $7 billion per year annual rights deal, which would be $70 billion, which we talked about a few months ago. They were expecting to get 70 to 75 or even close to $100 billion. But that's the other thing is we're not even including China. But what are your thoughts on the media rights deal? Who would you want at Amazon or Apple? I personally would rather have Amazon be the guys, but Apple's fine. I just, I'd rather have neither. Fuck that. You want this. You want this. I hate it. This is one of the cases of a monopoly being good. Why? Because instead of you needing to pay for 
a multitude of streaming services, you could just pay for Amazon Prime, get foot, NFL Sunday ticket, NFL Thursday night football, and every NBA, uh, 40 NBA games, and you're only paying like 10 bucks a month to watch all that plus all the movies oh, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I'd rather pay 100 bucks a year for a league pass. I think, but then know, they would offer probably a subsidiary in there that you could pay extra five dollars to your Amazon Prime already and get League Pass for a cheaper discounted price, and then you watch every single they, game they via bring, Amazon. Yeah, they bring down League Pass to thirty bucks. It's halfway through the season, so so what if you pay Prime's right now four ninety nine or six ninety nine? You pay sixteen ninety nine and you get every single NBA League Pass game, no blackouts. Maybe I'm old school, but like. Yeah, you're old school. You sound. You, sound you know like, how annoying you're an old timer. Thursday night football. You know how annoying it is. It's so much fun. They got like graphics, and I. It's the worst. No, for, it's for a casual like you, you learn so much. No, it, it's you horrible. Learn. The first Thursday night football game I watched of the season was I forget what it was. It was one of the shitters that they have every Thursday night. Thursday night they, has been god awful. They had, they had a uh, what was it? I like they to had a stand like comedian as the halftime show, and he was horrible. It was horrible. It's so bad. I just don't think you appreciate stand-up comedy. It was so bad that my buddy was like, we we flipped on to YouTube to watch some better stand-up comedy and go watch a game at a later date. That's how or a later time. That's how bad it was. So it's so annoying for me to watch these Thursday night games. I can't even watch it on Hulu Live TV. It's just stupid. I hate it so much. Yeah, I guess Hulu I am old school, but like not every person on this planet has a goddamn smart TV. Not every person on this planet has a TV. So I guess okay. I could go on my computer and watch. This Thursday is for more for America. This is, I just think it's stupid, but like if it's in the best interest, then that's cool. I mean, I still will be purchasing league pass most likely. Cause I like watching the games at a later date on my laptop, but I guess you can do the same with Amazon. I want every game. I don't want 40 games a year. That's stupid. That's one game. Like every other day, not even. It's like one game every four days. What? How Damn, long? How many days is the season? Not All a fan. Right. So tell me right here before we do Purtle, what three stories did you want to hear uh, that we can talk about? We can either do Yudoka Azambuki, Leandro Valamaro, and RJ Hampton have their 2023 to 2024 rookie scale team options declined, meaning they'll be free agents, unrestricted free agents this coming offseason. We can talk about – Blake Wesley for his MCL. I just saw that on the ticker. That sucks, dude. Yeah, or Jimmy Butler. We're still going to win the championship. Which of those stories would you want to wrap up the show with? What was the last one? Jimmy Butler said we're still going to win the championship. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who does he think he is? Good luck with that. Let's talk heat. Okay, let's talk heat. All righty. So right here we got ourselves a little story about a man named Jimmy Butler. Oh, you sent your gift. I know these ads are so. All right, here we go. Jimmy Butler says we're still gonna win the championship. Mm. Is that so? Yeah. So Jimmy Butler's out here preaching to anybody that'll listen. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to the moon. We're going to put a man on the moon. So the Heat are off their disappointing two and five start, but the Miami Heat superstar Jimmy Butler hasn't had his confidence shaken at all by the poor start. We're still going to win the championship, and I don't care what nobody says. Count us out. We're going to win the fucking championship. I'm telling you, I don't give a damn that we started two and five. Butler said. Mm. Butler was just one member of the Heat to remind 
the media that it's still early in the season. Miami Heat coach Eric Spolstra said his team is not in a panic about, but didn't criticize his players for trying to do too much as individuals. Spolstra stressed that the team has to stay together, which was something Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero, who's been the most consistent player, all echoed as well. What is going on with this Miami Heat team, and can they fix it, Jackson? No. <laughs> they suck. You know, a healthy Victor Oladipo actually gives me a lot. So I won't rag on their starting lineup too much because I think Victor Oladipo is really, really good when he's healthy because he's one hell of a defender. I like, I love their piece. I think Caleb Martin's a dog. I think Max Struess is a dog. I actually can't think of anything Duncan Robinson is offering me right here. I can't think of anything Duncan Robinson's offered me. Five points in 12 minutes a night? Wow, 12 minutes a night to a guy getting paid almost 20 million a year. Whoa, cool. I was trying to find a silver lining. Their defense sucks. Kyle Lowry will be, will be the age of 37. Come they are slow. Time. They are 37. Slow. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo can only do so much. I, you know, here's a dog, but, you know, Hero and Robinson, as long as they're on the same basketball roster, I have concerns. I think a Jay Crowder trade would help them out a lot. I still view Miami as a playing team. Sure, maybe I'll give Jimmy G the benefit of the doubt and say maybe you can get the sixth seed. Um, if one of their star players got injured for even a week, I mean, that's going to mess up a lot of things. I just don't think they're deep enough. I don't think Jovic is ready. I just I, – I don't think they're deep at all. They are really well coached, so Spolstra will get them right. Like, it's not like, you know, two and five that offers me nothing. I don't care that they've started slow. I just I, – I don't think they're a good basketball team right now at all and i don't see that changing in the foreseeable future as far as like championship aspirations go so when i look at this team they kind of have a problem that they're playing too slow they've they're like the sixth worst or seventh worst pace in the nba and they're a better defensive team than they are offense and i think it just comes down to outside tyler hero being the most consistent guy on this team jimmy butler is the other guy. It's Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero who's carrying the weight. Kyle Lowry's washed up. Please, can we can we honestly trade Kyle Lowry for Russell Westbrook? I don't think it'll make a fucking wow. difference. I mean, at least really cool. at least Russell Westbrook will pass the ball, grab rebounds, and play some defense. Kyle Lowry just looks like he didn't even hit the fucking cardio machine. He's an old man, dude. 36 years old. But, yeah, no, I think it's – I just think this is a team that the shots aren't falling and Maybe let's go out and let's trade for a scorer that we can bring off the bench because besides Max Struess, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, who's not playing his best basketball, but Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, no one else can score on this team. Caleb Martin can't. Gabe Vincent Oladipo can't. Oladipo will. Put the hero but we don't know what Oladipo is going to look like. Nicola put all the deep on the starting unit, but here was a bench player, unfortunately, which is that's not a bad thing at all. I think Jamal Crawford was a phenomenal NBA basketball player, only came off the bench. All right, let's wrap up today's show because I gotta go soon and let's play a game that we like to play. All right, you ready? Got a shitty taste in my mouth from yesterday. We got a favorite game that people like us to play. And you know what time it is. I'm up 6-5, I believe. No, I I think it's 7-6.5, me. 
but I'll give you the half point. Oh, uh, okay. I thought one. we were taking it out. Your beat's about to drop. When it does, pearl time. Let's go. All righty. The silhouette for today. I have an idea. I think that's Joe Harris. Okay. I'll do, I, I think I know who it is. He's in the East, so that leaves me with my original guess, which was my first guess was Yosef Nurkic. Okay. Mm, yeah. That was wasn't that a good guess. So it's a white boy, it looks like from the hair. Yeah. And mm, not from okay, okay. What number is Kristoff's wearing? I have no idea. That's not Kristoff, so I'll go ahead. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, They're not close. in the Atlantic. I, I forget. Dude, I, we always mix up the Wizards. Yeah, and the who Atlantic. the fuck's in the Atlantic? The Knicks? Knicks, Raptors, Nets, Celtics, Celtics, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I feel like we all oh, I, I think I know. I think I know who this is. Who is it? I'm pretty sure he's on the Sixers. Oh! Oh, I forgot about the Sixers. Okay. Okay. So, Boston, Knicks. I think I know who it is. So that twice. <laughs> We're near his height. I think that's. Oh, wait, can we... I think I know who it is. Oh, it's not Seth Curry, but that's a great guess. I think that's the guy on the Knicks. I think that's Isaiah Hartenstein. That's a good guess. That was a good guess. That was my my. Oh, I'm trying to. Say... Okay, so thank God he took out Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. Yeah, has... I thought it was going to be Evan Fournier as well. All right, so he's 24. He's 24. I He's think on the, on the Celtics or Raps. Oh God, I hope it's not that guy. Oh, it's Jalen Brown. Mm, that's not Jalen Brown. <laughs> so not Jalen Brown. It's got the beard. Okay, I think I know who it is. Oh so. no, I know who it is. Okay, so it's not Sam Hauser. He's 24. He's a young guy on the Boston Celtics. It's not Luke Cornett. Okay, who could it be? Who could it be? It's not Grant Williams. It's not. Ooh, ooh, hands up. But um, fuck, it's on the Boston Celtics. So let me think of the roster. Malcolm Brogdon. It would have been Danilo, because he's. Oh shit! No, he's twenty four. Oh, he's twenty four. Yeah. So who's a young guy? I, think Payne, I know who it is. Payne Pritchard. Payne Pritchard. Fuck. Who else? Payne Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Lee Cornette, Noah Vonley, Grant Williams, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Um, Dude, I really I, – I really know this guy. You do? Yeah. Have I said his name? Yeah. Who's fucking 24 on this team? I'm trying to think of it. It's not Derek White either. I feel like I've said the whole fucking roster. I feel like I should get this guess because you had. Yeah, go, go, go. I think it's Tatum. I think it's Tatum. It is Jason Tatum. You're right. It's Jason Tatum. It do I don't think that looks like Jason Tatum, though. It didn't really look don't. like Jason. Yeah. I don't. I didn't think. But the I was hair thinking to myself, like, I'm. I'm. Barely younger than Tatum was what I was thinking. 
I honestly completely forgot Tatum was when he guessed when Victor said Tatum, I was like, oh shit, dude, he's about to guess Tatum. So I had to I had to jump in there. Landry Fields, Thomas. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, I gotta get out of here, but good show, buddy. Let's look at the the stats so far. What what we were working with. Yeah, eight seven, baby. Yeah. I'm gonna leave this amp call because I'm about to die. All right, yeah. Peace out, Amp. We love y'all. We'll attend that show. I had like four viewers at least the whole, whole damn show, dude. But yeah, I'm at one person. Oh my god. End show. Okay, we ended the Amp show. We yeah, 152 people watched. Shout out for that. Today's show oh, is awesome. Just hit sub. Let's go. Yeah, hit that sub. Hit that like button. Thank you for everyone. And yeah, eight seven. All right, boys. We'll be back tomorrow. Jackson's actually gonna have a guest on. I will. It'll be one of my last few weeks of me, you know, having to I'm do like this solo. To new people. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just it's just Aaron. I know. All right, buddy. I gotta go though. I gotta right, fucking right. film some shit. Peace. Be a friend. And tell a friend, guys. I love y'all.